Hi, hi, and welcome to another episode of Gossip and Critical Thought. I'm Quine, and it has been a minute <laughs> since I've done a solo episode, actually. If anyone noticed, which no one messaged me, so I don't think anyone did, I actually missed a episode upload um, at the beginning of beginning of July. So completely missed it. I think it was supposed to come out on the 4th, but I was having a less than ideal time traveling um, and just hectic week and life, you know, so it didn't end up going up. So I didn't say anything. No one said anything to me, so I don't think anyone noticed, and that's okay, because um, there's been a lot of changes. I'm still in Winnipeg. Um, I honestly didn't go too far. I just went to Alberta, a couple provinces over. Um, yeah, a lot has changed. I've moved. Uh, work has <laughs> picked up in intensity. Um, other work has picked up in intensity. Uh, a lot of weddings to go through, go to, dance at, eat food at, you know, lots of stuff. But everything has been good. Like, generally speaking, I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful um, to have the stresses that I do um, and the people I do in my life, right? So it's been, it's been, it's, it's, it's been a lot, but it's been life, right? Life is meant to be lived and I've very much felt that I've been living. I'm very ready to sleep this long weekend though, which is when you're hearing this because it's going to come out on Monday, uh, August 1st. Wow, summer's already over. So it's going to come out on Monday, August 1st, and um, I will be asleep for two whole days because <laughs> I got back-to-back weddings, rehearsal dinners, bachelorettes, a lot of stuff. So uh, Sunday and Monday, I will not be cognizant. Yeah, but it's it's life has been good. Life has been good, and I hope life has been good for you too. I thought because life has been good uh, and I'm transitioning back into solo episodes and, you know, getting back into my editing schedule, which thank you for being super patient. Um, I thought I'd just go through my notes app and like go through what was in there, trying to find things to talk about because a lot of people want to do podcasts. It's fine. I love having guests. I do. Um, it's a lot of prep work on my end though. Like I have a script, I have sources, I have citations, and then the uploading also requires quite a bit of stuff. So I just went back through my notes app and was trying to find things because I write things. I dump all my thoughts in there and I stumbled upon my reviews of the Twilight Saga. Now, I don't remember what pandemic lockdown this was in. It was in one of them. I had written live reactions in my notes app about the Twilight movies um, because I was bored. So it was just a thing to do, you know, something to pass the time. Um, And it's, how do I want to talk about these movies? I'm not judging them based on, like, I'm not hating on it to hate on it. You know what I mean? I'm hating on it because they are bad pieces of film. From set pieces being left, from the plot not being fully there, completely unlikable characters. I don't like I don't really watch uh the Marvel superhero universe that thing. I have like my two favorite superheroes and that's it. Um but whatever villains are in like the Avenger movies are a thousand times more likable than Bella Swan. She's just, I don't know why this was written. I 
don't know why it did so well. Um, because looking at it as an adult now, I can see all the glaring faults with it. And I guess that's just movies. And I guess that's just growth, right? I think these are the only movies Stephanie Mayer Meyer had a hand in. And I don't think she's tried to do movies again. And she, listen, she made her money. She got her bag. I'm all for it. I really am. Just, it was a lot to watch. And so I reviewed all five of them. The first one, because this wasn't like a public thing at first, the first movie I reviewed just texting my two uh, friends in our group chat about it, like a live reaction. Um, And they thought it was funny. But then I realized if I was going to go through this entire series, I would be blowing up their phones for like a good two hours because these movies, guess what, got progressively longer. Okay, they fit more nothingness into every movie. It's insane. I don't get it. Anyway, um, so I just condensed into notes app and then just shared the, sorry, condensed into notes uh, a note and then just shared it to our group chat. Um, so I don't actually have my review from the first Twilight movie. What I can say is it sets the tone for a lot of problematic themes in the movie, such as barely any consent And then also the absolute bare minimum communication. As I go through these, and I can't, like, I can't read every single plot point that I wrote out because these are like scrollable notes, but it is just, every movie is just based on a lot of miscommunication that if someone just took two seconds, two seconds to ask something, no one would be as upset as they were, right? But do people do that? You bet they don't. So let's get into it. Um, Twilight. Twilight is a saga. A movie saga has five movies. Uh, I believe there's only four books, but the last movie four and five is the last book split into two parts. Um, Do I think that was necessary? No, it was a cash grab. There was no sustenance there, but whatever. Um, And so it follows the life of Bella. I want to keep saying Bella Thorne, but I feel like that's a person. (laughs) It follows the life of Bella. I'm, I think it's supposed to be Swan because I think he makes some like thing about her being delicate like a bird, whatever. Um, Bella Swan, who is the most unlikable teenager that you could ever find in the mid 2000s. Just the every stereotype of teenagers being apathetic and jaded and sulky and just doom and gloom. She is that to the T. And then on top of that, She's so self-deprecating, it's nauseating. But she does all this without any ounce of enthusiasm. I think she's supposed to be kind of depressed, which if this movie had done its due diligence and talking about, you know, mental illness and being a child of divorce and whatever, if that was the focus, that's fine. But what this movie does instead is it takes a child who's going through things makes it seem like the world's against her. It's not. Everyone puts up with her bullshit. Um, And then goes, love will fix it. Defy your parents. So anyway, it follows her. Uh, She moves to, I believe it's called Forks. It's in my notes. I did watch these movies. It's just, it's been, my last note was from 2021. So it's been a while since I've looked at these notes. Um, Anyway, she moves to Forks. Couldn't even tell you what state it's in. Forks, which is this town that, okay, the first movie is so blue, it's insane, okay? Like, the the filter they have on this movie, everyone looks blue. It's it's wild. Um, but Forks is this beautiful town 
in the middle of a forest, essentially big old um, pine trees, everything. Um, and their dad's a police officer. There's not much policing that goes on. So I don't know if that's like an ACAB thing where they disbanded the police because they're mentioned twice. I don't know. But anyway, follows her life and she's sad, sulky. Her mom lives somewhere hot and warm and exciting. I think Florida, not going to fact check it. And she's with her dad who she makes it her job to be the worst possible child to her dad um, as she can be, right? So she goes to school. She meets Edward. Edward is mysterious. He's dark. No, actually, he's not dark. He's white as hell. Um, tall, handsome, um, not really in the first movie and the other ones because they do his makeup better. But anyway, uh, meets Edward and his family, the Cullens, awful last name, um, are all just very attractive, dark, brooding people. Dark internally. They're all white as hell. They are the whitest people. Like, just, they couldn't be any whiter, okay? Anyway, so Bella, this lackluster, one tone, one note, unhappy, <laughs> just human, um, somehow draws the attention of Edward. Why? Because her blood smells so sweet. And then they begin the relationship from there, and we'll get into what happens. But that's the setup of it, right? It's love. Oh yes, there's also a love triangle. Why? Because money. Um, <laughs> so Jacob, who is apparently someone that Bella has grown up with, uh, I believe that's Taylor Lautner, who's someone that Bella grew up with, um, I guess he's supposed to be an indigenous youth. I don't actually know if he's indigenous. I've never looked this up and it's never been brought up outside of this one movie. But anyway, he's a werewolf. Why? Because of course, in this one nothing town, there are going to be two groups of mythical creatures. And of course, of course, they feud, whatever. So yeah, there's that love triangle. Um, I'm going to tell you it's problematic as hell. But anyway, so Twilight sets all of that up in the first movie. Uh, they date she finds out she's a he's a vampire and they move forward from there obviously she can't tell people um there's a sparkling thing that his body does which is one of the biggest glaring flaws because stephanie meyer and the people that helped produce this um truly 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 just harped on that in the first movie and then it is inconsistent throughout everything else because the whole thing is that you can't see uh, they're not supposed to go into direct sun, which is why they live in Forks, which I want to say it's Washington. But anyway, so which is why they live in Forks, because it's cloudy and shit. But then they are in the sun repeatedly in every other movie and nothing happens. But apparently when they go in the sun, there's this like big, glittery, like sparkle, like blinding light thing. And they show it in the first movie. I believe it comes up briefly in the third movie. Um, but then in every other thing, it's so inconsistent. And I wish like if they had cared enough to stick with the plot line, of little things like that, it would have brought this up a little more. Like, I'm not tearing this apart because it's like the cool thing to do because it's like cheesy and whatever. Cheesy movies are fine. Stupid movies are fine. But you cannot be stupid and badly written and executed. You have to pick a lane. So that's my issue with it. I did genuinely earnestly watch these and it just, it did really bad. Like it, I don't know. I just wish someone had fact-checked a little bit more or like kept things consistent because I had way too many questions and I feel like in a movie, I shouldn't have questions, right? So I don't have a synopsis of Twilight. I'm sorry. You should go watch it though if you want to watch along and whatever. I do have every other synopsis though. So we'll start with New Moon and I can, I guess, rank at the end which ones were my favorite, which is 
gonna be difficult because I slandered every single one. Um, in this one, this is where we build tension. This is where we build tension between um, Edward and Jacob and Bella, um, who is still as moody as ever. Uh, I have here, joking about your child having a gray hair on their birthday is peak father vibes, lol. I assume that's because it opens with her dad making a joke to her at her birth- on her birthday. Obviously, she didn't laugh because she never laughs. Uh, and this movie actually isn't filtered blue. I was ecstatic about that. Hello, biceps, girl, relax. I think that's because she saw Jacob shirtless and like commented. And then I have a random concern. I don't know why I rose a concern. Are any vi- vampires queer? Right. So all these vampires are straight. Totally fine. But none of like, they're all so, like so straight, like so straight to the point where I'm like, oh, this seems like it's like a one note kind of thing. And I don't know, this town has vampires and werewolves. You're telling me no one is gay. That's like, not, that's not a possibility. You have werewolves, but no gay people. Okay, whatever. Um, Alice is one of the Cullen children slash sister. It's whatever. The whole adopted family dates each other. It's weird. I don't know why that was okay. Um, and the way they excused it or explained it didn't really help anyone. So they're all children of this guy named Carlisle, who is also a vampire. Guess what? And um, they're all in like, pairings like edward's the only single one in his family and his siblings even though they are adopted are dating other siblings or partners with other siblings in the vampire family they never speak about whether or not they're married i don't think any of them are but i mean stephanie baby girl it's illegal to date your adopted siblings it's incest even if you're not blood related it's weird and I think some high schooler in the movie makes a comment about it once and no one, no one brings it up. CFS, nobody, whatever. Okay. Um, so yeah, Alice has superpowers where she can see into the future. You would think, you would think this would mean that they would never get into predicaments. No one would ever be chasing them down. No, no. Somehow her vision timing is inconsistent as hell, just like the sparkling. And so they're routinely in trouble and stressed and worried and whatever, because why? Plot baby. Um, yeah, so anyway, my point in this movie note was uh, they'd all be fucked without Alice. I'm sorry, they're all clueless without her. They host this birthday party where they, the grad cap art, you have to just go look at the movie or Google this because I'm not going to fully explain it, but the grad cap art is probably the funniest bit in the movie, in this movie in particular, because these movies aren't very funny, but that was hilarious. The grad cap art is very funny. She cuts herself at this party. And they almost like kill her. And so she doesn't really have a reaction. But my note here was, Jesus, imagine getting your limbs almost severed at your man's house at a birthday party you didn't even want over a paper cut. That's not even any, there's not even even any pipe being laid yet. The thirst is unwarranted. Yeah, she's so thirsty. She's ridiculously thirsty. This girl has shown no interest in anything, but how badly she wants to be with this vampire. And it's sad. And then there's more miscommunication because they don't talk unless they're face-to-face and cell phones, emails, just non-existent, non-existent. They break up in this movie. Spoiler, they break up in this movie. And he feeds her one of the worst lines in the breakup is what I've written here. I don't know what he said to her, but I had like hand clapping emojis between every word. So it must've been pretty impactful. 
Um, and then he left her in the woods. He just left her in the woods, just chilling like a villain in the woods. Zero stars. Not a good move. If you ever dump people, you have to do it to their face. And then you don't leave them in the woods. Come on now. There is one scene that they have in this movie where it's just like 360 cinematography of her, again, depressed as hell in front of a window um, with the seasons changing because I guess she doesn't leave her room. Um, It's a beautiful shot. It is a stunning shot between just the smoothness of the gimbal, the colors, the transition change, how it goes in on her face and then pans and shows the back, the contrast. I don't know shit about video. I don't know anything about video, but I know beautiful shots when I see them. And I will give credit, that shot alone makes this not a complete failure of cinema, right? Stylistic shooting alone, that shot is beautiful. It's well thought out. You could argue it's hacky in that, oh, the seasons change. But her acting and sitting there, which sounds bad because she is a decent actor, her actor acting and sitting there and the colors and the smoothness of the transition and the I don't know what gimbal they use, but the way it comes in and out, comes close to her face, back out. It's a very simple shot, but they did it beautifully. Is this movie series just going to be about a toxic interspecies relationship? It is. It is. That's that's what I wrote. Uh, Jacob is supposed to be 16 in the movie. He doesn't look it. Not a day. Not a day. And then I wrote, I can't believe two well-hidden mythical species who weirdly enough reside in the same place um, are being fully dismantled by the same lackluster white woman. LMAO, tragic, embarrassing, all in caps. Okay. I think that's self-explanatory. It's insane that she somehow got these two fighting over her. And she seems like she doesn't even like herself. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have what happened to indigenous guy who was in wheelchair? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I think that's Jacob's grandpa or dad. And I think he showed up once and then just wasn't brought up again. I don't know. Anyway. Um, God, it's been an hour of just straight sad. Guys, this is activating my depression now. LOL, LOL, Yeah, it's it's a lot of sadness in this movie, uh, in New Moon. So just be prepared for that because there's a lot of just brooding. Um, <laughs> uh, she really breezed by him in the wheelchair and entered his home. Bella said, fuck the disabled. And then like a running girl emoji. Um, yeah, okay, so she's talking to... Jacob's grandpa and or dad. I can't remember what. I know his name is Billy. I can't remember what who he is, though. And she fully just breezes by him, storms into his house. Like, he's in front of his house, open the door, and she just goes by him. And it's like, I don't think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> That's a uh, I think you should leave reference, which is another layer of my personality. Anyway, yeah, Alice's future vision timing is trash. What happens to the first movie's accuracy, LOL. Again, inconsistency these powers are great and they work and then other times they don't um oh yeah this is when they go see the vulturi which is like this italian high council of vampires because government exists even for species i don't know and essentially they're not allowed to date or be with humans which is only loosely talked about but also it seems like this is the only instance this has ever happened which is also wild because how has it not happened more often anyway so edward wants to like kill himself because he can't be with bella because of a vision that alice had that wasn't actually accurate just watch the damn movie it's you think i'm explaining this poorly but this is how poorly it is laid out okay so anyway they go to rome i believe um 
And there's a beautiful another beautiful shot with all these red hoods. Okay, they look like KKK hoods, just red. So I don't love that imagery. I do love the contrast of everyone in their red hoods filing down um, a small Italian street and just the contrast there, the symbolism there, beautiful overhead shot. And drones weren't even that good back then. If they even used a drone, I don't know. Or they just had like a camera on a rail line. Um, It was beautiful. It was a beautiful shot. So again, great cinematography there. Terrible plot. Um, and anyway, so the Bella meets the Volturi and they give their blessing kind of, um, but essentially they said that they just can't read her thoughts. Like she's special because they can't read her thoughts and apparently they can read everyone's thoughts. Um, but what I took that to mean is that there's nothing in her brain. Like, I don't think this woman is so special that she somehow, somehow has duped this age old Italian vampire org. I think. I'm taking it as like, there, there's nothing in her brain, not a brain cell. There's nothing. There's nothing. Because this woman has been shown to be so feeble, so nothing. And then suddenly she's like all power. I, it doesn't make a ton of, it doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, and so essentially the plan now is to turn her into a vampire. And my worry, as I wrote here in the notes, is is she going to be as stupid as a vampire too? Because she has shown that she's bad at being a human being. I don't know how she can suddenly have this responsibility of being a vampire. You know, uh, Jasper is creepy. He is. Wow, Bella is heartless. I can't believe she broke his heart like that. I think that's her telling Jacob it's never going to happen. I think that's what that's referring to. And then a vampire wedding. Ooh. So yeah, a vampire wedding happens in Twilight Eclipse. Yay. Okay, Twilight, new, no, Twilight Eclipse. Um, my first comment is there's so much rain in these movies. Ha ha ha, the cast must have always been sick, which I think is a valid uh, criticism because it rains constantly in these movies. I guess symbolism, I don't know. Emotion, I don't know, maybe it's part of the motif. I really don't know. And I'm not a film critic. I'm just a critic. <laughs> I'm just a hater. Um, Bella says, marriage is just a piece of paper. And to that I wrote, no, no, it is not, Bella. I think we have this idea that marriage is just like a cutesy thing. It's a legally binding contract. And don't get me wrong. I love love. Okay. I've said it before. I will say it in person. If you ever want to challenge me on this in person, I love love. I think it's great. I think it's one of the greatest and worst emotions in this life because it's so powerful and so impactful and it can make people do anything good or bad but all that aside as much as i love love as much as i love being in love and love being loved and think it's a great thing that people get to experience um marriage is a legally binding contract okay and so it's not just a piece of paper so let's 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 get away from that idea that's just like <laughs> it's just paper love conquers all um not in the eyes of the government babe uh, yeah, the overbearing dad trope came back full force. He was very hands-off in the other movie, uh, New Moon. Full force, overbearing dad was back. You know, we just we just went for it. Kristen Stewart's makeup, that's Bella, um, and hair in this film were good. I think they really did not do her justice because she's beautiful. She's always been beautiful. But I think in playing into this role, they're just like <laughs> teenage makeup, her hair. And makeup in this movie, beautiful. 
they did it so well. Uh, she looks beautiful. It highlighted all her natural features, which are great. I have written here, sorry, Jacob said he had nothing to say. She asked Edward to trust her and now they're on a motorcycle. How does that even make sense? Stephanie Meyer. I vaguely remember this scene. I don't know what happened. They were talking as a trio and then she gets on Jacob's motorcycle and leaves. And that was just it. Not sure. Not like I've written it here and it still doesn't really make sense because I think the scene also just didn't make any sense. Um, oh yes, imprinting. I wrote here, the definition of an imprint is trash. I'm sorry. Imprinting is essentially taking possession of imprinting on branding um, someone else, right? So the explanation they gave in the movie, not good. But what they were getting at was that you claim people or things, essentially, right? Like things are now yours eternally, forever, right? So that's what they're getting at. And it's a stupid definition. And it only gets stupider as it plays into the rest of the movies. Um, Every male in these movies gaslights or verbally abuses, then apologizes. It is a staple, okay? She said, I made two movies like this. I'm not straying from my content. That's what it is. I believe Bella said this. And to her credit, it was genuinely funny. So good on the writers. Um, She didn't want to get in between like Edward and Jacob because that's what this that's what Eclipse was about was their fight and she said from now on I'm Switzerland okay which is genuinely funny like very funny um I don't know who said this but doesn't he own a shirt and again I thought that was really funny this is in reference to Jacob I oh so Edward must have said it Edward had to have said it right that seems like a cagey thing he would say um every kiss in this movie is bad every single one they're not good kisses. They don't look good. I think maybe because they're awkward and these were like all of their like big acting debuts. <sighs> anyway, it did something for teenage girls. Bella isn't likable. There I said it. Yeah, that's essentially my my thesis statement. She's not likable and they don't make her likable. And it's really upsetting because she's the main character and I think as a teenager, because you ignore all these things, like the inconsistencies in the plot, as a teenager, you gloss over it. But as an adult, you kind of see it and you go, how was I supposed to see myself in her, right? Anyway, I can't make you choose between me or your family. Every film has been about that. LOL. What? Yeah. I don't remember who said that, but essentially that's what every film is about. Sorry, why would him being a vampire have any impact on his ability to indulge in carnal activities? These stupid conditions seem to be made up as things go. Ha 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 ha. Apparently, if they engage in sexual intercourse, it would kill her. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Okay, somehow this. Um, But also, I don't understand why as a vampire it suddenly would, right? Like, especially because they are super strong, so they're able to control their ability to pick things up, right? Like, he was writing with pencils in school. He was able to drive a car without crushing the steering wheel in his hands. So I don't understand how suddenly when it comes to cardinal pleasures, they're just like, can't do it. Can't animalistic full. It never made sense. And it was a weird rule to add into it that they also didn't really stuck by because again, she survives. She's fine. Anyway, um, the ring looked like costume jewelry. That was my criticism. It was a little gimmicky, but the proposal was very sweet. I will say that. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Um, the scenery is stunning, 35 out of 10. Beautiful shots in this movie of the landscape, mountains. So good, so good. Oh yeah, they killed someone named Victoria. 
truthfully don't even really remember that plot line except that she had red hair. So that was uh, Eclipse. Was that a good review? Anyway, let's move on to Breaking Dawn Part 1, and then we'll do Breaking Dawn Part 2, and I'll tell you which one was the best and why you should watch it. So it opens, Breaking Dawn Part 1, with this childhood, or sorry, childhood is the kingdom where nobody dies, which is a bullshit quote, and that's their opening, okay? The expectations I had for this movie were low, and they met them. They didn't go under them. They met the low expectations, okay? Childhood is the kingdom where nobody dies. What does that even mean? What does that mean, Kobe Bryant? Like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Yes, okay, so I guess um, the guy in the wheelchair, Billy, is Jacob's dad because I have making your dad wheel out in the rain equals trash son, lol. She also sent Jacob a wedding invite. So rude. So would never, would never. And then because she's a chronic complainer, she thinks that the wedding she asked for and doesn't have to pay for is quote unquote a little much. It was actually a beautiful wedding. It was like foresty with like fairy lights and it looked, it was designed fine. Like it was truly designed fine. So yeah, but she of course had to complain. So I just put, I hate her, which I do. Uh, The character, not the actress. Anyway, Telling your dad not to mess up your aisle walk so you can be a nuisance one nuisance one last time. Yeah, she said that to him because, okay, this wedding. This wedding is filled with people. And I'm sorry, but there were like eight people in the last three movies. Like total. Like that she was ever seen with. I don't know who any of these people are. Yes, some of them are vampires technically, but still, never mentioned. Never mentioned in flashbacks or referenced or f- nothing. Nothing. Um, the wedding is also in the daytime. Yeah, but the the sparkling thing doesn't happen, which annoyed me endlessly. The wedding song choice for the scene is bad. Someone who knows Twilight more than me will know exactly the song. Um, but I do remember one lyric because I have I watch it with subtitles on because I'm an animal. One of the lyrics talked about rat poison. Like that was a lyric, not like the band's name. That was a lyric in the movie of the wedding song that was played. For that whole cutscene. Every single wedding toast is as awful as the couple. And it was the funniest thing. They were not good toasts at all. None of them. So they go off to, you know, consummate their marriage, whatever. He's driving a boat that has no lights on it. And he deserves several fines for it. He being Edward, okay? Why? Why was I even like part of the movie to not have any lights on the boat? Um, they broke the bed frame. And that's that's okay. It's whatever. Like, dramatic, yeah. Weird that this is, again, geared towards teenagers, and they're like, this is a thing. It's like, is this what you want young women to have in their heads without any explanation of anything, right? Um, they bring the imprinting back nonsense back real quick. Just bring it right back. And guess what? We're bringing a baby into this. Wow. Wow. Couldn't get worse, right? Um, the honeymoon seemed awful. <laughs> Didn't really seem fun. And I wrote, each time I am astounded, which is bolded, by how much nothingness, nothingness is bolded and underlined, occurs in the first hour of each movie. Uh, thousands of years of vampires, and they didn't know that they can procreate. These monsters are lazy historians. Yeah, he didn't think that they could, you know, have a child together. That was not something that anyone thought was possible, even though they could have intercourse with humans 
they didn't think that like children could come out of it, which so stupid. And then I have a quote here that says, sorry, when did this turn into a pro-choice slash pro-life debate film by Mennonite Meyer? It had weird undertones, okay? I was watching all this, all this stuff that's already not believable, right? Obviously. And then suddenly it's just like, why do I feel like I'm at a, a debate here? Like what is going on? Um, it was weird. It was weird. I don't know if she's actually Mennonite, but it was very obviously like a pro-life, pro-choice thing. And I was like, mm, mm, this is a weird spot for this kind of a discussion here, especially because, you know, you just glorified sex in this really aggressive way <laughs> to children. The wolves in this movie can speak uh, telepathically, obviously, but that's like a thing they can do now. And they truly just make shit up as it's relevant to the plot. And it annoyed me annoyed me i hated it i hate that they started doing that for no reason at all um the color contacts everywhere really started to get to me in movie four so yeah she decides that if you know it's a boy she wants to name the baby jacob if it's a girl she wants to name it renesme and i remember this name being just the bee's knees right because it was supposed to be so deep and whatever Renesme is just the combination of their mother's names. And it sounds like a sneeze. It contains four E's. Okay. Four E's. Just too many E's in one name. It's four E's. It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's eight letters. Four E's. Half if half of your name is the same letter, not only that, but a vowel at that, it's a sneeze. It's a sneeze. They give her morphine, and I feel like you're not supposed to give morphine to a pregnant woman. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Apparently, Carlisle, the dad is, which is weird, but apparently you can in the movie. Seems like you shouldn't, but what do I know? Yeah, and then the other thing is that they none of these vampires knew humans could have vampire babies, but suddenly they know how to do C-sections with this very violent vampire baby in there. Doesn't make a lick of sense. And I felt like the movie had a huge cop-out. Stereotypically, vampires do this neck bite. And they mentioned this in the movie that, you know, you turn people the way that you would think that vampires turn people. However, Bella doesn't get turned by gang bitten. She essentially dies on the operating table because they, you know, deliver the baby by C-section, but I guess can't do it well enough, whatever. So what they do is they essentially just stab her in the chest, I believe, with like vampire venom or... I guess Edward's venom. I don't remember how they, where the venom came from, but that's what happens. And that's how she turns into a vampire. That's just like the thing. That's not the weirdest thing though, because Jacob imprints himself on the baby. He imprinted on a baby. A baby. Why is that part of the storyline? Is that not gross? I have questions. And he states that it's their most absolute law is to, you know, adhere to the imprinting. Bella loses her shit over it, which is justified. Um, It's their most absolute law. And I'm just going to say it. It's the dumbest law to put at the top of your legal structure. It's middle tier at best. And also wolves can't govern. There is a shot in the mountains near the end of the movie where it's blazing orange that just makes me feel something. It's beautiful it's stunning okay twilight breaking dawn part two the last movie this synopsis has taken a while 
kind of makes me want to go rewatch them, but not enough to that I'm actually going to. So last part, let's rock and roll because we got lots of other stuff to cover tonight or today, whatever time you're listening to this. Um, my first note is listen. Thank the Lord this is the last one. I still feel pretty accurate and I'm just reading the notes of what I, I guess I watched this March 20th, 2021. That was over a year ago. Um, Anyway, dramatic intro, lots of red and ice, lots of death foreshadowing, I guess. I don't know. They went heavy, heavy on the intro this time. Again, it's the last one. Um, They're probably trying to take Warner Bros or whoever gave them all this money for a ride here, you know, charge everything to the company credit card. Um, This girl couldn't even transition well into high school as a senior, but she transitioned seamlessly into vamphood. Shut up. Yeah, it was really annoying that she just got being a vampire with little effort or downtime. Hate that. Um, I fucking forgot she had a baby. All caps. Yeah, I guess I forgot about this. When did I watch the other one? Breaking Dawn. Okay. Breaking Dawn part one, I watched January 3rd. And then this one I watched March 20th. So yeah, yeah, a couple months I probably did forget. Oopsie. The CGI baby. No, 2012, honey. Yeah, they CGI'd the baby a lot. I didn't really get it. I didn't think it was necessary. Like, I thought there were child actors then, but there's a strike. I don't know. You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster. That was actually funny. So he calls her Jacob, calls the baby, Renesme, uh, Nessie. And it's pretty funny that she assumed it was Loch Ness Monster. I just thought it was a stupid name. Um, there's literal cottagecore vibes, which were kind of nice, I guess. Five movies. Bella's still the worst child to her father. I think she's still, like, super rude to her father. I don't even know if he meets her child. I don't think so. I think she basically just stops contact after they get married. Convenient Sparkling came back. Hey, yo. Um, yeah. Every murder and fight scene in this series is based off miscommunication. I'm sick of it. It was really bad. Also, there was a point where like a different German car is featured in every highway scene of this movie and like just the movies in general. And it's weird that as an American movie, they wouldn't just bother to have any American engineering in it, like at all. Um, What else? The CGI child is absolutely brutal and my visual suffering, please. Yeah. All this child had to do was like touch people and everything, like the miscommunication that's leading to this like war scene would be cleared up. And there was still an hour and 10 minutes left. And I didn't understand why that was needed. And then, okay, here's my comment. It says, wait, is this Jenks guy? I don't even know if that's the right pronunciation. The only other black person in this series besides the dreadlocked vampire. Two black people in five movies, Stephanie, girl, and then like skull emojis. Yeah. There were like two black people in the whole movie, which is wild. Aside from not having any gay people, I guess, uh, there was no diversity. Weird. Um, um, Carter Burwell uh, did the soundtrack for this movie, and it it is amazing. He did a good job. I believe he did it also for Eclipse, and I didn't like it. Um, So he really did come back. So good on Carter Burwell. saying no one does a rebellion like the Irish sarcastically seems like intentional jabs at the Irish yeah I don't know they had a few like Irish jabs and it was weird everyone is willing to die for Edward knocking up a human and this to me is slavery I I said what I said I mean it's pretty weird yeah they switched a human child um about halfway through the movie and it I didn't understand why they just didn't 
have human children for the other scenes with the baby. <laughs> Dakota Fanning's vamp has no range, just eye emoji, lips emoji, eye emoji, just like a staring face. That's her that's her power. I lost track of who died from main cast, just carcinogenic, the dad. I cannot remember his name. LOL. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> it was all just a vision. Stop this. Raven Simone, sue her. Yeah, because Alice's timing somehow comes back in his clutch. Hate it. So dumb. So dumb. Stephanie Meyer, that's a cop out and you know it. Anyway, imprinting is weird nonsense. Ugh. Imprinting is weird nonsense. Don't let these movies convince you it makes sense because I assure you they explain nothing. They don't. They don't explain a thing. It doesn't make any sense. Um, A Thousand Years is a phenomenal song. However, this is a cheap-ass montage and an excuse not to write a proper ending. It may have worked on 13-year-olds, but not on my 24-year-old ass. Nice try, Steffi. Write an ending next time. You have the budget. And that's the Twilight Saga. I think the runtime for all movies would... I think it ends up being like 11 hours and like 15 minutes or something. So certainly not the worst. Like there's definitely way longer movies that you could watch. However, however, I think the best movie out of all of them was probably New Moon. They were all pretty bad, but I think New Moon did the best job of having some sort of plot to move ahead. And the cinematography was good. I mean, they unfiltered everything, so that's great. Film is subjective, right? Like it's, it's storytelling and in the same way that I think people don't like Marvel movies or hero movies like that because they seem tired. Um, storytelling is a human phenomenon. It's been around forever, right? And it's integral to moving ourselves forward. I think now we just have so many different ways and avenues to do it that you can kind of, you have the freedom to criticize them. But back then, like all you had were stories told by um elders right that were passed down through generations so well I don't love it I get that people love these movies and I'm seriously truly not trying to take that joy away right I'm not trying to I'm just pointing out little things that when I look back are kind of funny that they made it into a movie and the movie was as wildly successful as it was but I'm seriously not trying to take anyone's joy away you can love these movies that's fine I will never like tell you you're stupid for liking a movie a movie is your own right um, and I thought in, you know, just honor of Twilight, because I did just slander it for a while, I figured I'd do some like BuzzFeed Twilight quizzes. So let's have at her. Okay, I have, unfortunately, this Twilight quiz accurately, accurately reveals which vampire you're most like, and some of you will be disappointed. I also have will reveal which Twilight character is your love match based on your answer to these random questions. Or where would you fall in a wolf pack structure? I feel like I'll do that one for sure. Okay, let's do that one. Where would you fall in a wolf pack structure? In your friend group, you are the leader, floater, clown, parent. I feel like I'm the parent. I feel like I give a lot of advice and I just nurture my friends. Um, Yeah, what's a floater? Anyway, whatever. Pick an activity. Navigating through a corn maze. Okay, Stephen King. Relax. Baking partying lol listening to music their image for partying is just confetti falling from a sky that's partying listening to music is also just headphones no phone no headphone jack it's probably baking um you would describe yourself as fun independent caring hardworking. oh i feel like i'm all for it just kidding i'm not fun <laughs> um i feel like i'm all three of these things what I describe myself as 
I'm pretty neurotic. I would never speak highly of myself. Um, so I wouldn't say caring. I'd probably say independent. What annoys you the most? When people ignore my ideas? That's so vague. When people are uptight. Okay. When pe- someone won't forgive me. Well, it sounds like you suck. Um, when people won't stop talking. I don't, none of these things. The most? Well, it's not the forgiveness one. Uh, I don't really care if people talk because I don't really talk that much. I know, ironic with the podcast, but I, I'm happy to let people talk. Um, Probably when people are uptight. But yeah, that's a weird question. Which purple pe- picture speaks to you? Uh, there's some lightning that's purple. There's some lemons on a purple backdrop. There's, I think, it's like a cotton candy sky. And then there's, oh, beautiful a mountain range above the clouds yeah that's it that's it what's your dream job i don't dream of labor entrepreneur no musician god no i did play the piano for several years though um i don't know and it's just a skeleton like with its hand on its chin weird image teacher it's none of these things but i guess i don't know is the best one where's your ideal location for a home in a secluded forest in a mountain village, in the countryside neighborhood, by the ocean. Oh, well, it's definitely not in the country neighborhood. I don't want neighbors. Um, Ocean makes me think of flooding, and I also can't swim that well, so not doing ocean. Secluded forest might be too much. I'm going to go with mountain village. Which accessory can you not live without? Backpack, bag, or purse? Statement shoes, fun sunglasses, cute jewelry. Um, can I not live without? Probably cute jewelry, but honestly, I don't change my jewelry that much. So it'll be that though, because in terms of shoes, I'm not very fashionable. Sunglasses, I have pairs and I forget to wear them all the time. And I don't carry a purse. Finally, click the word that jumps out to you. Safe, explore, moment, bubbles. Probably explore. I'm an alpha male. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, my parents. <laughs> okay. You're assertive, brave, and a natural leader. Oh God, no. No. <laughs> okay. Just make sure not to be too controlling and you'll lead your pack to success. Um, I don't think I'm an alpha wolf, but that's fine. Well, that was not as Twilight related as I thought it'd be. Um, okay. We'll reveal what Twilight character it's your love match. Yeah, let's do that. Let's see who I'm going to fall in love with. Pick a house to live in. Um, there's one in the mountains, one in the forest, one that's so minimalist, it's actually kind of ugly, and then one that looks like it's in California. Probably the one in the mountains. Pick a wedding ring. Oh, God. Um, I don't know how to describe jewelry. There's an oval one. There's a smaller oval but red one that looks kind of like it's got blood in it there's one that's like a square but in the center is a blue oval and there's like your standard like i guess princess cut ring um i feel like i'm a standard gal choose a honeymoon spot the desert okay if you hate your partner mountains city island for a honeymoon, as much as I love mountains, for a honeymoon, an island is the vibe. I pick a word that best describes you. God, why do they care what I think of myself? I hate that. Intelligent. <laughs> Boring. Maybe. Hilarious. Mm, okay, I'll get to that in a second. Unique. Um, 
Okay, I don't think I'm that funny. People have said I'm funny, which is fine, but the funniest thing someone has said about me, um, and it's also the one of the meanest things. So I I had a partner who I guess really didn't like me. Um, it's not anyone that ended up on Instagram, so you're never gonna figure out who it is. But anyway, they I guess they just really didn't like me or whatever the issue was. We were together for a while and I asked them what they thought of me. And they paused and they went, you're like marginally funny. And that is still to this day the funniest thing someone has ever said about me. It's so mean. It's so spiteful. It's truly the funniest thing. And so I define myself as marginally funny. Um, Because one, hilarious thing to say. Two, so mean. But three, Again, it's very funny to say that to someone. It's just like, wow, you hate you hate me. Um, obviously, it didn't last. But when I see hilarious, I was like, I'm marginally funny. Um, I don't think I'm that unique. And I wouldn't say I'm boring. I think that's a little too self-deprecating even for me. Um, I'm not like condescending enough to call myself intelligent. So we'll go with hilarious, even though, you know, don't fully believe that. Pick an animal. Pigeon, camel, possum, ant. What? Okay. Uh, not an ant, obviously. Not a possum. Those are camels. I don't know. Pigeons seem too dirty. Lastly, they spelled lastly so wrong. They spelled it L-A-S-L-T-L-Y. Okay. Lastly, pick a scent. Blood, cardboard, gasoline, perfume. Obviously perfume. Why would I pick blood? Okay. The person... That's my love match based on my answers is Jacob Black. Wow, congrats. You got Jacob. From his sweet personality to his unwavering loyalty, Jacob will always be there for you no matter what. He'll teach you how to fix up motorcycles and always take care or always take you to see the movies you want to see. Wow. Um, I, I mean, it figures, right? Because I'm obviously an alpha wolf and then my partner um, in the Twilight series is also a wolf. So it's just... It's meant to be. It's meant to be. Um, I guess I'll just make some changes in my life. And wow, what a blessing. What a real big blessing. Okay, so before we like close out the episode, I did want to talk a little bit about growing up because, you know, we have to have like our gossip time and then some critical thinking. Um, growing up, I'm not an expert at all in this, but I struggle (laughs) with growing up um because I feel like I don't really know what to do as an adult and this sounds silly right this sounds silly because you're like okay well you have a job you have bills you pay mortgage that kind of thing these are all still things that are very new to me I just want to stress like it's not like I've been paying a mortgage for years but I think being an adult in this age is so different from all the advice we were given growing up. And I think we were all kind of raised differently, obviously, but raised with the idea that adulthood would be exactly what, or close enough to what our parents went through. And I'm finding that it's just not, you know what I mean? Like something as simple as something like social media, TikTok, for example, doesn't exist. Well, sorry, didn't exist then, exists now. And we can see how it's caused good and bad things to happen. Not the app itself. Like it's not the app's fault. It's the way we connect to these apps, the way these things are collective shadows of ourselves and how that 
impacts our relationship, how that impacts the way we think about ourselves, think about other people, the way we conduct ourselves, you know? And so I feel like I was raised to grow up and be an adult in something that doesn't exist anymore. And so I feel lost. It's it's hard to kind of know, like, I feel like I need constant validation of whether I'm doing something right. You know what I mean? Because I'm, it's just so uncertain and you think everybody's thriving. Like, okay, I have a house, which like, thank God, like I have one and I'm able to keep it. But the past few months of even just having it from the get-go have been hard. It has been one thing after the other. You know what I mean? But online, like, even though I haven't posted it yet, online, it, it's fine. You know what I mean? I'm not posting that like XYZ happened or I'm not posting that this happened. You know what I mean? I'm just not posting it, not to hide it, but just also you know, there are personal things and there are public things and you don't share those things. But someone would look at that and be like, she's had a house for X number of months. Like she must be doing so well, but not knowing that all these other things are going on in the background. You know what I mean? And so we all think everyone else is doing okay. And I feel like we're all treading water so hard and our legs are about to give up. And so I'm lost on how to grow up because I feel like I haven't done that. I feel like I, I'm in the pool I'm treading water and I'm just hoping that my leg doesn't cramp or I'm hoping that my leg doesn't seize. I didn't mean for this to get super dark and depressing. I just I I just feel like I was raised to grow up in something that doesn't exist and no one really has taken the time to address that, you know? Like I have friends who I love dearly who we're now all talking about like lol like live laugh loving our best and it's it's going horribly because we're like we don't know what we're doing but i don't think anyone's kind of considered like what we were told to grow up and isn't there anymore right like we're going in this alone we're learning all this alone the world has changed and people have changed and needs have changed and we're just trying um which is why we need constant reassurance which is why we're probably all anxious little balls of energy so I think part of growing up too is is knowing yourself, right? Knowing yourself enough to say, who do I want to be? And that took me a long time to figure out. And the thing is, these things can change, right? You can want to be someone now because that's what suits your life now. And then you grow up, you meet more people, you have different experiences and you don't want to be that person anymore, right? I think reinventing yourself is never a bad idea. I think reinventing yourself is never... Um, to be looked at as as a downfall or a detriment. I think one of the more beautiful things in life is to be able to change yourself, to give yourself a life that makes you happy, right? And so I've been joking about lately, I'm like, I'm just going to move to Australia before I'm 30. I don't know if I'm going to actually do that, but I know that something like that would make me happy. You know what I mean? I know as of right now, going back to school would make me happy. Getting a PhD would make me happy. Um, right now, if you check in two years, that might not be it anymore. But I think as I get older and as I'm sinking more into this adulthood and trying to be an adult to the best of my abilities and focusing less on what it should look like to other people, you know, a perfect lawn, like 2.1 dogs and like a baby that knows three languages. Like I'm focusing less on what it has to look like to other people and more about how it feels to me, right? You can't make yourself a life for other people, I guess is my point. And 
you it may take practice, but you have to ask yourself daily, what am I doing to give myself a life that I love? And I'm not one to ignore privilege or money or access. Never. There are certain things that you have to do. We may not all want to work, but unfortunately, currently, the way the world is structured and society is structured, you have to work in some capacity, enough so that you can meet your basic needs. And your basic needs can be scaled back, right? Like you don't have to live above your means. You can scale those means back. But at some point, you have to bring in some sort of income in order to be able to live, right? So there are things that you can't do. So I'm not saying quit your job ever. Um, Career jobs, salary jobs, jobs are good to have, if not for money, at least for experience and, you know, interacting with different identities. But I am saying that if there are things you're consuming, alcohol, certain people's time that leave you feeling worse, you don't need them. I think I talked about this in a previous episode about boundaries, I had to send texts the past few weeks just telling people like, okay, I can't hang out with you until August. And it's like mid-July. That might seem like a lot. That might seem really rude. It's just like you're home, you're in the city. It's not like you're traveling. But I know myself enough now to know that overextending myself doesn't bring me happiness, right? So I don't know. I guess I had like a bigger, I thought I had like a bigger um, point here in that, you know, ways to grow up, but I, I don't. I'm fumbling through it like everybody else. And I think that's just what it's going to be. I don't think there's this clear cut way to grow up, right? A timeline I have for myself is not a timeline anyone else should have for themselves because, well, our lives aren't the same and I'm not you and you're not me, you know? I think when we stop comparing ourselves to other people, I think that's when we can actually truly see what it is that we want out of life. I don't know if very many people ask themselves, what kind of life do I want? Sam's expectations. What kind of life do I want? Not like, what do I want my life to look like, right? Because we can, there's things that aesthetically people want. A nice house, a nice vehicle, a nice reliable vehicle, nice hobbies, you know nice interior decorating. There are things that we want our lives to look like, but what kind of life would you be happy sitting in? What would bring you peace? It's a heavy question. It's a heavy question. And I don't, I simply don't have an answer. I don't. All you can really do is try, right? That's all I'm really trying to do. And so I don't know, I'm fumbling and flailing and failing at growing up just like I think everybody else. And um, it's going, trying to chase that happiness. There was a guy that used to dress up on the U of M campus. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but he would wear a um, clown costume. Not every day, or maybe I just didn't see him every day, but it was usually like once or twice a week in the fall, I would see him. And then as winter went on, I guess I just took a different route. I'm not really sure. Anyway, um, so he would wear a clown costume. And The first few times, I'll admit, I looked, I was just like, what is going on? It is too early in the semester. I am paying too much money. This is like blah, 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 me, 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 you know, stupid things like that. But the more I ran into him, the more I walked alongside him or past him or whatever, he would always smile. He was always happy. Like there was nothing. It's not like he didn't know what he was wearing. Obviously he knew, right? 
and he just kept going. You know, there wasn't hesitation in his stride at all. He was so certain of what he was doing, so certain of what he was wearing, and so certain of where he was going. That didn't matter. And I mean, people stared, people took videos and whatever. And I'm sure people, I'm sure people said things then because Friendly Manitoba is kind of a suggestion, not a fact. So, you know, I'm sure people said things to him. And even in my own head, I was saying things about it, right? I'm sure he heard unkind things, but he still wore it. However often he wore it, he still made a choice, whatever time of day he put it on and put it on and went to campus and went to his lectures and went home or whatever. And so it doesn't matter if that makes sense to me or not, because he's content. You know what I mean? I'm not saying we all need to wear clown costumes, but I'm saying it doesn't fucking matter what you want to do with your life. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody, it doesn't have to look a certain way. There's no rules that say you have to do this by this time. We're all just trying to grow up. And I think part of that means growing into an understanding of yourself. And that might be slow and that might take time, but it'll be rewarding when it when you get there. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Gossip and Critical Thoughts. Um, I've been Kune. You're always free to message me, DM me, ask me, uh, chit-chat, whatever brings you joy. I hope you find it. We'll talk real soon.